Blog Talk Radio. Life is good. 
Life is good. You're breathing and alive. Okay, I can co-sign on that today. Hey. Hey, well, thanks for joining. I'm going to see who's next on the line. Hold, please. Caller ending 9368. Welcome to the Vibrarian Radio Show. Who am I talking with? This is Colina. Hello. Hi, Colina. Yay. Thank you for calling, Colina. I'm so glad to hear from you all. Colina Brown is an extraordinary woman that I am blessed to know, and I want you to know that in the future, we are going to be featuring some broadcasts with her where she is going to give us some tools on how we can maybe live our lives better and differently. She's going to be part of the elevational conversations that we're here having. Kalina, I'm so excited that you called in today. I am so excited to be a part of this. I am so proud of you. I love it when people are able to live through their dreams and make them reality. You encourage me. Well, I know a lot of people that can say that you encourage and have made a positive difference for them. So I'm going to come back to you. Well, what is the golden about your life right now, Kalina? Golden experiences happen every day in my life, and I wake up every morning expecting them. Oh, that is perfect. Because you receive what you put out there, right? So you said you wake up every morning expecting a golden life. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you, Kalina, for sharing. I'm going to come on to see who's the next person on the line. This is caller ending 8900. You're on with Miss J, the Vibrarian. Who am I talking with? This is Gwen Brown from calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Gwen. Welcome to the show this evening. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm looking forward to I would love to know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said I'm looking forward to your podcast this evening. Well, thank you. I would love to know what do you have in your life that is golden right now? Well, I think my life is golden right now because I have recently retired. Uh, oh, after yay. Spending, yay, yes, yes. <laughs> yay. After spending, yeah, after spending 20-plus years uh, serving youth, families, and communities, I am uh, finally being able to just kick back and spend my entire days doing whatever it is that I desire to do. Oh, what a blessing that is. First of all, you made an impact with the first part of your life, and now you're getting to enjoy just yourself and the freedom of what that means. I'm really excited to hear that. You sound very young, so I'm hoping that you are enjoying your time to yourself. Young in spirit, and I am enjoying my time. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Some of the people that we're going to have on future shows are creators of retreats for people who have time and want to enrich themselves and grow and experience new things. So I'm really excited about that, and I hope that you'll come back for future podcasts. And how did you happen to hear about the show this evening? 
Well, I heard about it through a very good friend uh, and a person that I can pick up the phone and spend hours talking with, and that's Kalina Brown. Oh, yes, thank you. Kalina is <laughs> wonderful, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I have one more caller that I need to check in with. I'm going to clear you off the line here and go on to the next person and see this is caller ending 5810. You're on the very first episode of the Vibrarian Radio Show. Who am I talking with? Hi, I was just listening. Is there something engulfing in your life right now? Um, I'm really, I'm in a space of gratitude most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That is a beautiful place to be. And that's really where it all starts, right? So they say the attitude of gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you listening tonight. If you want to come back on the line, just press the one key. And just to give you all a little bit of background about myself, my name is Joelle, so my friends call me Miss J. And I am a card-carrying librarian. I have a degree in library science, and I've been a librarian and information worker for most of my adult life. But a few years ago, something arose in me that wanted to do what I did differently. And what I was doing was connecting people with information so that it could become useful for them in what they needed to accomplish. So what I decided to do is become the vibrarian. And my my goal is to help you elevate yourself to find the place where you're in gratitude and to look at whatever areas of this world that we're living in that we want to have a conversation about. So I am excited to launch this radio show as part of that initiative, and I want to have a free-flowing conversation with people um, where we all can call in and you can ask a question just like you do at the library. There's no such thing as a wrong or stupid question, and we can together look at the information out there, share together, and then maybe we'll all learn something in the process of it. So I have plenty of people who I know throughout Atlanta and beyond who know things. I know a lot of smart people, which is great, and I know a lot of giving people who want to bring what their knowledge is to the world. And so I want to use this show as a time and a space and an opportunity for those voices to come to those that will hear it. As a statement of principle, I have to tell you that I believe in the law of uh, governance of myself. And so I need to let you know that I am sitting here with the intention of love and of only being a positive impact to those that hear my voice. And so by saying that, I am putting parameters around the whole of the energy that is going to be created by the conversations that we have. And I wanted you to know that as the audience because I know the universe already feels my intention, but I wanted to bring it to your consciousness. So I have somebody asking to get on the line. I believe this is Tanya. Did you have something you wanted to say? I know. 
uh, having a great time, enjoying the conversation. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So far, so good. Okay. Well, I'm just learning the interface, so I just saw the little flag, and I wanted to click over. So (laughs) I believe that we can learn something new every day, and that learning can happen through the conversations of the people we meet, or it can come from actual being in a classroom, or in my case right now, I'm learning a bunch of new skills. I'm learning how to edit videos and sound clips. And I'm learning how to run an on-air radio show. And it's very interesting, and it's a little daunting at times, but what new thing is not at first somewhat challenging? So I believe in being transparent, and I believe that we're all working and learning on doing something. And so this is my example (laughs) today. So one of the things that's near and dear to my heart as a topic is energy. Energy is so key to our experience of the world around us. I know all of us have had times when we have said, whenever that person comes into this room, they just, I don't know what it is about them. I just, it brings me down, man. I don't know what it is because I don't even know the person very well, but they just have this way about them that I I just don't think I would even like them if I got to know them. I've had that thought in my mind before. I've had that feeling of being maybe repulsed by something and not knowing why. Um, sometimes we say, oh, it's our sixth sense. I just had a funny feeling that they were going to have a pop quiz today, so I studied last night, right? So energy is existing and people are talking about it, but I think that in our present time, it seems to me that there are a lot more conversations about it than there were 10 years ago. And I think that it's in the scientific realm. They're starting to publish things about that energy is measurable and impacting things on a cellular level that we never before realized. But technology has enabled us to sense these changes. Um, I think that the basic premise that energy connects all of us, that is what we feel when we go into a crowd or into a room or around somebody, or even when we feel uh, the weather changing. Some people, you know, they'll say, oh, time is going to always tell when the weather's going to change. Oh, it's going to be a, a storm coming because they can feel it in the energy of the atmosphere. Or even at the fall, when the weather starts to change, you can feel or sense a little change in the air that lets you know that the seasons are shifting. So I love the fact that there is so much potential in how we experience energy. And what I love even more is that we can control our experience of energy just by even realizing that we can be in control. I'm hoping that this is making sense to you because what 
I know is that once I realized that I could have more control over the energy that was around me, that I didn't just have to fall victim to or pray to uh, outsiders. Uh, if somebody came in a room and it was negative, it didn't have to make me feel negative for no reason. Once I became aware that I didn't have to be influenced by that external factor. So once my perspective changed, I started to be able to apply that same perspective to different areas of the energy around me. So I found for myself to be true that I was being influenced a lot by energy that was external to myself. And I didn't necessarily like that because I found myself maybe being negative or low vibration for no reason when I started examining the roots of my feelings. And I found that it was because I was in, was it birds of a feather flock together? And I think we've all seen that little cartoon. It has the little turkeys on the ground and the eagle on the ground with the turkeys. And it says, how are you going to fly? <laughs> like an eagle, if you surround yourself with uh, turkeys all day. Well, there is a lot to that to, to be true. So at some point you wake up and say, I can be in control of the energy um, around me, for one. And even more importantly, I can also be in control first of my own energy before I even look at the external energy around me. So I don't know if you have any particular anecdotes or stories to talk about energy or when you first came into awareness of energy or maybe even an energetic situation that you are experiencing. I would welcome you to call in and press 1 if you would like to share, you know, uh, where I think we're all learning from each other. Um, I think one of the most challenging things is when people do not necessarily recognize that they are energetic presences. It's almost like in the cartoon Peanuts, the guy with the little dust cloud that goes around all the time and all the little kids are like, oh, he's dusty. But he just doesn't realize he's dusty. He walks around and lives his life with the little things swirling around him all the time. Well, some people don't realize that they are dusty. <laughs> Other people can tell them, hey, you are negative, honey. You know, whatever you come around, people just, their, their energy goes down. But a lot of times people don't know how to have that conversation tactfully, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but once you become into awareness that you have this uh, uh, negativity maybe about yourself, then you kind of have to accept a level of ownership. Uh, some people do not accept ownership. They'll say, well, I'm just dusty. Inhale my dust. You just have to accept me and my negativity. You just have to accept me and my energy. If it's the energy of anger, if it's the energy of bitterness, you just have to accept me. This is who I am. Love me. Other people decide to say, it might be who I am now. And let's be honest about it. But it's not going to be who I'm going to be. So bear with me while I get the dust off of me. Right? I think that 
my 30s were a good time period for my life to shift to where the people who wanted to stay dusty were able to be shifted out of my life, or I shifted them, or situations thankfully came to my rescue and shifted them away, right? So um, when they say the chips are down, you know who your real friends are. Well, time will also let you know who your friends are. And I think as we get older and start to see people for who they are, then we can decide more honestly if we want to continue maintaining those dynamics of energy exchange with them, be that energy exchange, be a deep friendship or a casual friendship or whatever it is we've been doing with those people. Um, and sometimes you can try to let a person know you have a dust cloud around, you have negativity, but uh, sometimes people are not receiving to that. And it's not our goal to, it's not our job per se, to be correcting others in a way if they're not receiving of it. You know, I'm not, we're not their therapist, <laughs> right? But out of friendship, if we bring something to someone's attention uh, in a gentle way and then leave it there or refer them to somewhere where maybe they can have some perspective-changing uh, support work, maybe that looks like counseling or ther- therapy. Because honestly, sometimes people have a dust cloud on them because they're depressed or they're dealing with a real depression or, you know, a mentally Ill- illness or episode or a response to life. And they would get better and they would get more positive energetically if they could. So, of course, in those times, it's when you would call or refer or gently help them to somebody who can help them with the longer-term perspective-changing work that needs to happen for them. It's not just a matter of them looking at the bright side of things or looking at the cup half full or empty or your typical garden variety pessimism which is a lot of what we deal with in, in the negative everyday sense, is your garden variety pessimism, you know. And in a lot of ways, the garden variety negativity that we all encounter every day, be it gossip, pettiness, negativity, workplace, he stay, she stay, all that kind of stuff is your garden variety everyday negativity and low energy. And a lot of people just kind of dwell on that because it's entertaining on a certain level. We, we've got a society that's come to a place that finds that kind of thing entertaining. And so uh, some people can dwell on that and it not affect them beyond that. Others, like myself, I try not to. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to not be sometimes part of variety negative because I think for myself, there's always a kind of little judgy voice that goes on in the background. I think I've been successful, successful at uh, muting it and uh, uh, maybe pushing it to a balance to where it's not detrimental uh, to myself or others. So I have to work hard because it's easy to get sucked into that kind of negative, bitter banner that's casual that we think is harmless, but it really does have an energetic impact. Those little bitty energetic impacts, I think, had to be as much as your typical uh, 
I hate the world and the world hates me personality. So when they talk about, like, the theory of killing with kindness, <laughs> there is a, uh, there's a truth to that. A lot of times we'll see, and I've seen a couple movies that talk about where the grouchy elderly person slowly becomes soft and friendly because of the continued kindness of a young child who brings him cookies every day. Or, you know, uh, the kid he keeps telling Scram that keeps coming by and raking his yard, killing with kindness. And then one day you discover under the crusty exterior is a really loving connection between you and this person. Well, you can do that like in a real sense, one-to-one, and make it purposeful, like decide that your office nemesis is not going to be your nemesis anymore, that you're going to just be kind and not fake kind. <laughs> you know the kind <laughs> when you're not really being kind. We all know what we're talking about. I'm talking about genuinely kind and looking at them and treating them with like a compassion and a kindness and putting aside whatever the stressor is in the, in the situation that's happening, you know, um, or who the person, the individual, it doesn't have to be a coworker. It's just a very easy example. But you can also be like a stealth bomb of kindness because you can just wear like a vibration and an attitude of kindness, compassion, positivity, and happiness as your mindset. And when you carry that with you then out into the world, every being that you're passing is going to receive a little bit of your energy. So it's like you're doing good in the hood just by being in your positive, grateful self when you woke up this morning, you know, by setting your intention that you were having a golden day. Kalina automatically affected the people who touched up against her energy throughout the day, you know. And maybe their day wasn't as golden as hers, but it might have been a little brighter for having encountered a piece of her, you know. So I love this testing these theories of things. I read a lot of information, uh, being a librarian and inquisitive. Some people like to say nosy, but I prefer inquisitive, <laughs> you know. Um, but I also know from applying things from my own personal experiment, and those are the things that I know to be true for me anyway, and I certainly uh, welcome challenges to anything that I speak about. If there is any information that I'm incorrect on, I always am very open to learning more. That's why we're all here. So, Kalina, I see uh, you have something to add at this time. Let me see if I can bring you on. All right, Kalina. For me, everything comes from a clinical state. So um, I think it's valid to understand that, for the most part, unawareness is what keeps us in an unhealthy, unhappy state. Because if you've lived in that space for so long, you don't know you're dusty. And when someone points it out to you, it's very difficult for you to see it because it has been your reality for so long. Um, And I think um, that's part of what's very important to me is that we begin to understand that 
if we were to at least take the time to just question sometimes or wonder, that may begin to help the process of becoming aware. Okay. So the beginning of wondering, what, what is, how does that happen? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's realizing, take for example, when you talk about people in your world, if there is a genuine relationship and you bring something to that person's attention, the dustiness, and they are resisting, then depending upon the quality of the relationship, even if they're not able to accept it in front of you or accept it openly, if they were just to be able to walk away and just consider maybe somehow there's a possibility that there's some dustiness going on, then I think that we can begin to get some awareness. Awareness has to be developed, I think, before any change could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I think awareness can be very painful. That, that's, you know, the the cold, what do they call it, the cold, harsh line of reality? Is that what they say at times? I mean, I guess it can look like different things for different people, but... Uh, I know there have been times in my experiencing of myself and looking at my dust, but there's certainly been more painful than others. Some of the conversations of, of from people who I trust, you know, were not comfortable for me by any means. But I survived. <laughs> you know? and, and I think we... It's just whether or not we are willing to take the challenge. Well, and you know, as you said that, I think that the thriving route is to take the challenge. I think a lot of people survive, and they survive at a level of I'm just who I am. I don't really look at who I am. I just exist. I, I go to work. I maintain the relationships that are important to me, but I, I don't. I don't seek to know deeper. I, I don't think about things beyond like a typical kind of uh, what do you call a sleep kind of state of being. You said asleep. Some people, yes, are asleep. Okay, it's like a, <laughs> I agree. a world. Their world, they exist, they survive, you know, they go to their jobs, they have their family, but like the deeper kind of, um, let me do some work on me and not just, just exist. The thriving part comes when you accept the challenges of kind of getting your hands dirty, whatever that means, if it means dusting dust off, if it means like, turning over the soil of yourself, like really doing some deep gut work, whatever that looks like for you, that's where you can start to grow and thrive. I agree. And I think that sometimes we 
switch between surviving and thriving mode, you know? Like, there's sometimes when it's like, you know what, I don't have the wherewithal in me to really kind of work on this area right now. So I'm going to keep myself and this dusty part of me kind of out of rotation until I can really do the energy work that needs to be done. What do you say? It's like if you can't think of something positive, say don't say anything at all or kind of putting yourself in time out because, you know, maybe I don't have time right now to have a full-on breakdown and go go cry somewhere in a corner, which it might be what it takes for me to clear the energy of that particular pain. So I, I, I survive. And then at some point, hopefully I'll get an opportunity to go ahead and do the soul-digging deeper work that would be required for me to not just survive with my pain, but to move on beyond that and thrive without that. Uh, old way of being, so to speak. And I don't think there's anything wrong really with either. I think that every person has a choice and that we are not to judge whether a person is in the surviving mode or a thriving mode. It's like to be aware of a person maybe is a negative, uh, a dramatic person at this time. And to remove yourself from being in contact with them maybe as frequently is not a judging thing. That, that I didn't judge you. Uh, you know, I just moved myself so that I would be not affected by your energy. And I think that's the compassionate difference. I still have you on, Colleen Annie. <laughs> Any thoughts about oh. that? <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was still alive or not. Oh, well, I, I, I um I definitely hear what you're saying, and um I, I go back to the point for me at least to say that you you're talking from a place of awareness where I think a lot of people aren't even aware that they are making an unconscious decision to survive or thrive. I think that if a person is able to do that, then they're on the road to recovery. And the other side of it is for people who are doing it because it's a matter of surviving, but they're not aware of it. And you're not going to be able to move from one space to the other, which for me, thriving is where I consider it to be a healthy place to be. Though if you're not aware that you're living in that, then you're not going to have the opportunity to increase the thriving and decrease just the surviving. Is that that, that makes sense? I think it and, does. Um, I think that well, I think that one of the things that we do when we share and the public world, is that we give people an opportunity to see possibly what thriving looks like. Like you may think that you're, a, you know, a thriving blade of grass, but then all of a sudden when you see one that's in full bloom with the flower at the top, you might realize then, oh, there's more that I could be. And so Things like uh, social media, 
Facebook, um, uh, even my purpose in doing this show and even asking why is your life golden right now, that is an opportunity. And I love seeing my friends posting their successes and their life things on Facebook because it gives me an opportunity to see what thriving looks like. Um, it gives me an opportunity to see what celebrating your children and their achievements looks like. It sees me, uh, I get to see what uh, people's job uh, accomplishments that they choose to share look like, you know. Um, and, and that can be a double-edged sword because we know what it's like when you look outside of yourself and see what other people are doing. That can be, you know false, give false senses of things, but I think that we all know in genuine terms when we see a person expressing their gratitude uh, and the things that they choose to share that of a deeply personal nature in the social world to their networks and stuff. And I, I am very, very grateful for that because it provides a positive energy for me to just uh, relish it. <laughs> Again, to uplift myself and see what thriving looks like, and and to uh, identify with that energy. And I think that's where our presence in our friend circle and our presence with the people, the killing with kindness, surround the negative people with positive things. Um, you know, I've got people who have posted negative things on Facebook that I'll go and try to put something positive all just in the negativity rather than continuing to engage in the negative battle back and forth in the argument, try to change the conversation and, and inject a bit of, of a happy pill into it. You know, um, I just think that we have so much opportunity to experience life in a way that never before do we have as much opportunity to learn things, to see and observe others, and to experience them for ourselves. And I'm very, very excited to be in this time. Uh, you know, I'm very excited to be able to experience all of the benefits of the technology, of knowing people and being to connect with the people that I know in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Um, it, life could look very different for me. And so I'm very happy and I'm excited to be here tonight and I look forward to coming again uh, as the weeks unfold for conversations just like this. And I think that as we share information about uh, our experiences and the things that we're working on, that we will definitely be having an impact on the energy uh, of each other and on those then that are in hearing distance of the show afterwards. So this is the librarian, first contact. My name is Miss J. And things are clipping right along. I do appreciate you joining me. I'm going to come back on the line with uh, caller 8004, and I'd love to know what you're thinking at this point. Hey, um, 
I'm just I'm just listening to what everybody's saying. Um, I guess there was two ladies uh, speaking uh, about the negativity and stuff, and I was just kind of like thinking about like um, for me, I've been like I've really cut out a lot of social media. Like now, I only have like one Instagram. And I just like to post all my happy moments and like kind of try to share it with people um, who I know. But like I I think that like so that I could cut out all the negativity. Like I kind of started over with a like a new Instagram, and I just really consciously started trying to like attract like-minded people so that I wouldn't uh-huh. have to like I wouldn't have to worry about um like seeing so much negativity because I know that like whenever you see it just scrolling down social media like it affects you subconsciously like even if you mentally are like uh-huh. okay I'm not gonna let these kind of things like bother me but it really can get to you subconsciously especially if you're like an empathetic type person anyways um Absolutely. naturally so. <laughs> So, anyways, but that's that's all I was thinking about whenever you were whenever you were mentioning social media and the negativity and stuff. Like, I just I kind of blocked myself from it, and it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because sometimes people I have to wait till I get my news from other people. Like, did you hear about that thing that happened? And I mean, only thing I can do is just send you know good love and light out to the situations. Like, I know that I can't control everything, but all I can do is just try to keep positive um, on my own. And so that I can lift the vibration of everybody else around me. Absolutely, absolutely. You're not the first person who I know who has either done a Facebook diet or a Facebook yeah. detox, if you will, where they stepped away from Facebook, or they changed like profiles, like you said, where they got just too either spammy or, like you said, too negative, or it took a turn at some point in the history of your account that you weren't happy with. And so it was better just scrap it and start all over. You're about yeah, I started all over. First person. And I consciously, like, <laughs> try to just attract people. Like, I started posting lots of things about my art, or I'd post my crystals, or I'd post my travel pictures. And it literally started attracting people who were into those type of things. So now when I'm scrolling down my feed, I see people – Uh, putting their affirmations up. I see them talking about the new moon rituals and things that they're doing. And I just, it's so much more pleasant. And it really actually made a, like, it's been probably like a year now. And it's made such a big difference in my life just because I don't have those, like, subconscious negative things happening as soon as I scroll through my feed and some subliminal messages. You know, so, and if they are, they're, like, really rare. Because now you have the right. and everything on Instagram. But it's just kind of, it really makes a big difference. And so I understand everything you're saying where you came, where you're coming from. Yeah, so you dusted your shoulders off on your little Instagram account. You had to get rid of <laughs> some of the clutter. I definitely, I definitely think that that's good because a lot of times we discount stuff because we think it's small. But like you said, if you're scrolling past it, the magnificent power of our brain is is that our eyes, if our eyes ingest it or one of our senses perceives it, part of our brain's got it. Now, whether we realize in our frontal consciousness that our brain's got it, no, we don't until we need to know, you know. But your brain sees all those little headlines and your eyes see all that stuff and ingest it at some level, even when you're not trying to click the link. So I, I definitely can see why it's 
good to build, build kind of like a little hedge. <laughs> not only do you build a hedge by saying, I'm not bringing this into my environment, but then you redirect the energy back outward by pushing positivity. That's the best a positive way that energy is supposed to go. And like you said, it was subtle. Next thing you know, people are joining you, and they're using your hashtag. And so your vibe attracts your tribe. That's what they say. And you create a tribe around you. <laughs> so I think yeah, that's for sure. And I don't have a lot of per, like a friends in person that are <laughs> that are like that. Like, but I but I created so many internet friends and like about whenever I was traveling, I was just meeting so many amazing people. And I think that that's right. just one one of the particular things that I think that kind of helped me out with my energy focus. Absolutely. And I know you said you do crystals, so I'm sure you have some wonderful crystal knowledge that helps <laughs> you with being in great energetic space, too. For sure. For sure. <laughs> People don't realize how easy it is to have your energy shifted. You know, there's people that can shift it, but there are also structures and objects and things. So, you know, our offices with our computers and the fluorescent lights and the cell phone frequencies and all that kind of stuff, uh, uh, it, it clutters our senses. So to be able to go out in nature without your phone and without as much interference as possible is super, super important because most of the time we surround ourselves with so much uh, cluttery energy we don't realize what it feels like for it to be absent. So like a couple weeks ago, I went down to a little tiny town on the border of Mexico, on the border of Belize, with a friend of mine who was getting ready to stay down there for a few months. Well, it's so small, there's no cell phone service, and the Wi-Fi is, is, well, it's there. But let's just say I was off the grid for like two days. And I had to accept my technology disconnect. And I actually kind of did it with relish because I wanted to feel like it. It felt like to be in a place that didn't have a lot of people. It didn't have electrical lines going everywhere. It didn't have the, the light interference. So the stars were insanely bright at night, you know. And to feel what as close natural energy looks like in today's modern society. For me, you know, I'm not one to go into outback somewhere just so I can be completely devoid of, of man's contact. That was pretty much as destitute or desolate as I would care to be was where I was, uh, you know. So I still had some, some, some lights in the house and things of that, and electricity and things like that. I was not completely interference-free. But it did reset my energy when I came back, you know, and a lot of us take for granted because our day is set up so that we start from the time we wake up until the time we go to sleep, our energy is just, and then we end. And we don't stop to think about what we're doing during the day because a lot of us, uh, the work-focused reality that we live in has just get up in the morning, 
we got to get to work. we got to beat traffic. we got to get to our desk on time. When we're at work, we got to get our work done until the end of the day. Then we got to beat traffic to get home or to pick up our kids or to fix our dinner. To get, and then we go to sleep. Where in the middle of that were we really in control of our energy? I mean, we might have been in control of it because we were efficient getting ourselves to work and doing all those things. But were we just controlling an automated boat? You know, did did we really take time in between that to pull our energy out of the routine to not put ourselves on autopilot uh, with, and to be mindful. Mindful is the phrase of the year, mindfulness. But it is really important because if you're not mindful, then those days roll by from Monday to Friday and you wonder why you're tired at the end of the week and it's because your energy just carried you from Monday morning all the way until the end in one big wave. And I would say that if we learn to then be mindful, that gives us personal control over our energy. We don't have to be subject to the energies around us. I don't know if that's uh, (laughs) making sense at this point, but it's one of the ways that I have tried to declutter where I can in order to clear space for me to be mindful. So if that means I don't look at Facebook for 15 minutes at the beginning of the day or I don't look um, at Facebook at 15 minutes at the end of my day, then I've cleared out that uh, cluttery energy and given myself space so that I didn't fill it up with routine activities from time to wake, from time to sleep. I interjected spaces, and those little spaces give me an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not going to be swept away by the, the momentum of this day. I'm not going to just be a mindless, uh, I'm not going to just be the boat. I'm going to actually take the steering wheel of the boat. I have caller 8900 that uh, gave me a, a press one again. Are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. This okay, is yes. And um, I just needed to uh, input, you know, what you're currently talking about, removing yourself from a lot of negative energy, and I can relate to what you said about being in a a remote area where it just wasn't available and it forced you to really understand what it meant. And as I said, I'm a recent uh, retiree, and um, Uh I have been living a life at warp speed, Um, Uh you know, just with the responsibilities that I had, uh, and it seemed like my day never ended. It was just one you know, a daylight and a dawn, and then I was right back into doing the same thing. So that I was never really resting. And what I'm finding now is that I've, like, been renewed. Um, You know, I'm just uh, finding a different purpose for my life now and say, how did I do it for all those years? That was 
total insanity. Uh, uh-huh. not going on vacations and answering emails or texting people or doing conference calls, and I'm supposed to be on vacation. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, I, I think that I've removed myself from that that energy, and now I'm trying to find a new purpose for my life. Mm. And I'm really so, I'm really happy for you. And I, I just mean that in a sincere way because I know of too many stories of people who within a few months of them getting to retirement, they wind up passing away or contracting like a cancer or some kind of illness just when, you know, they've done the the work-focused life and they've contributed the best of their their brain, probably doing something that they really, really love for 25, 30, 35 years. And now at a point when it's like, okay, now uh, the next part, the fun part comes when I get to enjoy the fruits. Unfortunately, people do not necessarily make it to where you are to even be in a position to learn how to to just do you, quote, unquote. And I I agree. I agree. I am so encouraging of anybody that I know. If there's any avenue that takes them to a place where they have more balance in their life, in their working years, I, I'm wholly in supportive of that because I think that uh, there, but for the grace of God, uh, go any of us that our jobs are nine to five kind of reality or sedentary jobs or the eight hour plus a day work week with no vacations or very little vacations. It, you know, it takes its toll on all of our quality of life even while we're living it, and then so much to the point that our bodies break down then after we finish our working years. And I think that if we can seize the reins on that, whatever that looks like, I think each of us have something in us that we can do to not have that be our reality, you know. Um, One of the reasons, I'm 44 years old. And uh, for the last eight years, and last year I was a corporate law librarian in Atlanta and an entrepreneur. And I decided in November, after a, a year of careful consideration, to leave my, leave my good job <laughs> and to just give myself uh, like a year off to see what I was going, what I could do. A good friend of mine named Sheena. Uh, my line sister, actually, in my sorority, she inspired me because a couple of years ago she took a sabbatical from being a social worker, and she blogged about her sabbatical and shared it with her Facebook friends and the world through her blog. And it was talking about self-care. And I really always kind of remembered that idea, and I thought it was great that her Uh, She was able to do that for herself and to explore what it meant to not be work-focused in the early years of her life. And so I modeled my time after that, you know, and departed from the corporate reality into something wholly different. 
and here I sit now uh, on the online radio <laughs> and broadcasting from Mexico with friends all over the world. And I'm just dwelling in that kind of state of gratitude that I was able to take control of my energy and move it to a place that made it more positive for me to be in my reality. So whatever that looks like for people to be in in a positive reality where they're enjoying and thriving, not just surviving, um, 100% here to help spread that knowledge to people. So all of the callers are live uh, on the air at this time with me who are listening. I just thank you for participating. If you have anything you'd like to contribute, this is a group forum. So whoever's on, we're just having a conversation (laughs) at this point. Well, I think this is a very great place to start and as you well know, I support this conversation and all the conversations that are to come because if we're going to uh, raise the vibration, we have to start somewhere. Absolutely, Kalina. And I think self is where we all start at the same starting point, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think things work out better when we start in self, which is as above, so below, the inner reflects the outer. So oh, yeah, you know, I believe the introspection. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I said, you know, I believe in introspection. Absolutely. And that's what that mindful time, when you carve out those times, you have to have time to look at self that for introspection. You can't just, well, you can just blow through the day from start to finish, as I said. But uh, I have this little thing that I love to uh, share <laughs> called, like, uh, rub-a-dub tub love. And basically, when you are in the bath or the shower or the tub, rather than thinking about all the things that you have to do for the day, if you're in a morning shower person or in your evening bath thinking about all the things that you did the day or what you got to do the next day, like taking that time and turning it off and just being in the moment. And it's so simple as just feeling the water on your skin Feeling the soap or the loofah as a sensation as you, like, cleanse the world off yourself and just focusing on the feeling of that and not thinking about anything. Don't multitask. Just love on yourself. If anything, just feel love. Feel care. Feel nurturing for this vessel that you're, you know, that you're taking care of in this moment. Don't discount that 10 minutes. If you can't take any other 10 minutes at the shower time or 15 minutes or your half-hour bath time, most of us might, especially if we have children, we're too busy. Everybody always says, oh, I would do so-and-so if I had time. Well, that's an easy way that you could take the time to just put an insertion of a mindful moment 
And you'll be surprised how that kind of inhale, exhale, being present, how it will shift your whole commute after that, how it will shift your sleep when you go to rest after that, just because you gave it that pause. I've got some feedback on the line through the technical. I went ahead and had to put everyone back on mute, so if you do want to get back on, just press the one key again. <laughs> so, again, this is the Vibrarian Show, and my name is uh, Miss J, and I am uh, really excited that you're here with me tonight talking about our first subject, which is energy. And Kalina, did you want to come back on? I see your button push. Oh, I didn't know I pushed it. <laughs> okay. I'll put you back on you. I thank everybody for your patience this evening. It's definitely an interesting evening. I'm just so excited to actually see calls on the screen looking at me. <laughs> And I want to also say hello to uh, Paula, who is in the chat room on our Blog Talk Radio site for the show, The Vibrarian. Uh, She definitely put her support into uh, the chat interface. On our show, we have uh, opportunities for people to ask questions. Uh, We're going to cover uh, any number of topics that are suggested by listeners. Also, if you want to write in a question, uh, you can email joel at thevibrarian.com. And I will do my best to prepare materials, and we will definitely have a conversation about it uh, uh, going forward. Uh, One of the things I love about being uh, a librarian or loved about it and love about information is that when a person asks you something, you also get to learn what it is you provide them while you go to find the answer for them. So it's kind of like a (laughs) win-win situation all around if you're researching things that are interesting. I mean, it can be not so much of a win situation if you're – having to go through things that are unpleasant or negative, which sometimes I have to do, uh, which is why I wanted to shift out of that and to be uh, someone more positive where I could be in control of the information. So I'd rather answer your questions than a negative one. So uh, in the you know, future, please feel free to submit anything that you might have in uh, writing. So... I would like to know from Ms. Gwen, I'm going to bring you back on the line. Uh, are you with me, Gwen? Yes, I'm here. I would like to know, are you doing any, like, learning? Have you, what have you learned in your time of discovering now what your energy is like post-work? Well, um it's been about seven months, uh, and I think the first six months I've spent decompressing uh, because mm-hmm. I was just so wound tight that um, I, it didn't seem real at first. Um, 
but um, I had always clear intentions on uh, doing some writing. So I've been spending the last maybe several weeks uh, beginning to research and interview people uh, in the area that I want to write on. So I am learning how to listen to other people, you know, versus having other people listen to me as I was my previous mode, um, you know, while I was working. So I'm learning a lot and I'm uh, listening much more. That is good. A lot of us don't know, you know, the the art of listening um, is listening is more nuanced than what we mostly think of it. Like I said, a lot of times we just we pay half attention to get the gist mm-hmm. of something uh, because again we're push 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 push. Multitask, multitask. Do this, half listen to that, half look at this, you know. But to actually listen and to be listened to, I think one of the most valuable things that I have about uh, the relationships of quality that I have in my life is that I feel that I am listened to, you know, and that makes me feel valuable. To know that I was heard and that my truth that I got to either be observed by someone or tell it to someone. And it, and it's kind it's kind of refreshing to be in a space where you feel you don't have to be the expert and and lead others that you can also listen to other people who may have expertise that you don't have. And is it a writing something that is something you've always done or something that you always wanted to do or did you used to do it well, differently both. and now you're doing it for yourself or well both. Um I've always had to write, you know, um technical uh information for my jobs, uh both in corporate America and in the world of non profit. Uh so now I get to turn those tables and write something of interest, of great interest, I should say, uh, to me. So, uh, you know, it's just going from one type of writing to another. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that the, the, there's one thing that I don't care for as much, but it says, oh, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I think that that is true. But I also more fundamentally believe that if you are doing something that you enjoy, that you're passionate about, and then that you are good at, then the universe will seek to support that. And if that means uh, financial support, then financial support will come through you through your gifts. If that, you know, means of some other type of support, then you will be provided for so, you know, at the fundamental, most basic level, it's making you happy when you sit down and write in your book. You know, it may be challenging, it may frustrate you, might bite the tip of your pen off sometime, but at a fundamental level, you really are, like, enjoying the, art, the uh, sounds like creating this thing through the process of writing. So and you're so right. It's not work you're you. so right. Yeah, it's, you're so right. It is 
but it is kind of work because I'm switching from a technical writing uh, style to a um, creative writing style. And um, I'm having to relearn um, how to get people's attention uh, and make it interesting what I'm, the message that I'm trying to convey. So it's, it's, it's uh, challenging, but it's also exciting. Right. And I think that you will continue to then get more opportunities to do it, you know, time opportunities, subject opportunities. Again, when we're in that energy of, ooh, you know, if it's playing piano, you know, then we'll be given more opportunities to play piano. And we'll be given opportunities to be supported through that playing piano so we can continue to emit our positiveness, you know. If something at the very minimal makes you happy, then the universe supports that. That's my belief, you know. So true. Uh, and so true. That spark then enlarges and can ignite a fire and flames that then can support you, you know, on an ongoing basis. Now, were you a journal? Have you ever journaled or you just have, have you? Uh, I'm did, not a journalist. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a sincere journalist. I would write notes, the things that I knew that I wanted to. I've always known that I wanted to write a book. Uh, so I would write notes in my journal, things that I wanted to make sure that I retained. Uh, you know, little sayings, um, little quotes from different people, um, you know, just writing, jotting down on a sporadic basis. But now I'm getting a little more uh, consistent. Um, For the last couple of weeks, I've been writing, you know, like excerpts that I thought would be good to include. So it's it's getting better. I, I wish I were a, a journaling a person that did journaling, uh, then I wouldn't feel so uh, challenged right now. But I, I yeah. know that, and I believe what what you said about the universe supporting you. I've always believed that. So I think by me just taking these steps forward, that everything that I need will be provided for me. Yes, I I am not disciplined enough in anything with regularity to be a journaler. <laughs> I'm one of those kind of loosey goosey personalities. <laughs> so I've intended to journal a lot. I, I do tend to journal like dreams just because it helps for interpretation. But I have a couple of friends who they have their journals from 20 years ago. They, every day, they journal. It's what, part of what, how they express themselves to themselves and how they do their work uh, and, and, and stuff. And I admire that. It's kind of fascinating to me to know that I could go to the book of 1989 and see that person's stream of thought consciousness. But I, I just have never had the wherewithal and the diligence to be disciplined in that way of writing. Right. I was wondering right. if you were. <laughs> no, I'm sort of like you, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, where I was disciplined is every day I had a to-do list uh, for my job because, um, you know, I was multitasking at such a high rate that I needed to write down things I needed to follow up on or, you know, uh, 
things that were said or things that I needed to retain in order to move the project forward or whatever the case was. So I was more consistent at that type of writing and, and documenting than I was at journaling my feelings and the things that were important to me in my private life. And I guess it was because I didn't really have a private life, uh, right. so to speak. So now that that's changing, I'm, I'm getting, I can see I'm getting a little better, but no, I don't have that kind of discipline either, but I'm working on it. Well, and it's it's like the discipline that the routine of a work type thing can be a good and a bad thing. I could produce writing at work, but right. now when I'm like free and I've got nothing but time and opportunity to write different things, especially related to like my business materials and things of that nature, it's really hard for me to kickstart that creative spark. But those routine habits, I could go back and write a brief uh, research memo again tomorrow in under a few minutes because it became part of my my predominant routine to do that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Part of that tricky, tricky thing of the life that we live or the lives that we live in order to maintain our world. It kind of puts us in a place where... Uh, we do a lot of things out of muscle memory or habit or routine without having to think about them. You know, it, I'm sure when you were doing your technical writing, you knew what you needed to do and you could crank it out in the format it needed to go in once you've been trained to the system. <laughs> right? Right. So a lot of us become trained to the system and we don't stop and have those mindful moments to say, wait a second, this is not, today is not a system today. Today is just a day, and it's going to have variation. I'm going to resist the routine. I'm going to be anti-routine. I'm going to experience it, even though it looks basically the same as yesterday. I'm going to experience it today, first with a sense of gratitude, and then secondly, as a wholly new experience. Yeah, it kind of keeps us out of that routine rut. And I, I think, think that's routine that's rut energy is... Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, I said I think routine rut energy is kind of like that little, the little dust. It can be damaging when it builds up over time, but most of us have to deal with a certain level of it uh, just to exist because we're in a routine, encouraging kind of reality, you know. But well, it's the energy flow, of, mm-hmm. the energy flow that I think the energy flow that we're in is based on our environment. And, you know, Absolutely. because my work, yeah, and my work environment energy was um, so routine, like you said, uh, so routine that I was able to get into that flow without much difficulty. But now that my my environment has changed, my energy flow has to catch up with the environment or adapt to the environment that I'm in. So I'm just waiting for that same level of energy to take hold in a new environment. Right. Well, one of the things of this time and age that we're in is that more people than ever before um, have an opportunity to work 
in alternative environments, meaning they're working from home. Teleworking has become so big that it's just common these days. Uh, Even kids now, their school days or their school environments are looking different from that eight to four, eight to five structure. It's being scientifically recognized that we may not function our best as people within those hours. And I think they're actually going to say those are probably the most, the least productive times for people to be at work or for kids to be at school are the times that we demand them to be, you know. <laughs> so exactly. it's kind of like exactly. it doesn't care. Go ahead. I was going to say exactly. I know that. You know, in the corporate structure, uh, when I was working in corporate and then, you know, most of my years at nonprofit, was that, you know, you couldn't be productive unless the your employer was looking at you, making sure that you were spending your time wisely uh, or spending your time as you should to produce a product or for them. But um, the, the millennium children, are totally uh, against that now. Um, my granddaughter, it's amazing, she travels all over the world, and when she graduated from college, she said, I'm not looking for a nine-to-five job. I'm looking for a job that will allow me to express my, my ability to use my skills and talents that I have, uh, I have uh, learned, but I don't want to be confined in four walls to get my work done. And that, and that seems to be the the mode of operation for the millennium. They work Absolutely. wherever. And if, you, and if, if you, they can't find an environment that conforms to that energy that they have, that work energy that they have, they move on to another position where, you know, we thought it was the worst thing for you to just walk off the job and say, I don't want to work here anymore. So the oh, attitude yeah. absolutely has changed. Uh, and, you know, allowing people to uh, telecommute, we, we call it telecommute, but allow people to work from home is just a given now. You know, uh, you're, uh-huh. you're, even people who have nine-to-five jobs are allowed to uh, one or two days a week where they can work from home and attend to other personal matters that they may have as long as they're meeting their requirements. Right. That's that's one of those things about technology and the advances of the time and the age that we're in is that we don't have to be, I guess we're not changed to the manufacturing machines in the plant anymore because of technology. And the millennials, they get a bad rap. You know, I'm 44, so I'm kind of an in-betweener, a Gen X or whatever. Uh, And they get a bad rap because they... Uh, the memes that are out there and all the, uh, the older generations always say the younger generations are going to hell in a handbasket. It's just what happens, you know. But they get this bad reputation of being, oh, they're flighty. They don't have a good work ethic. Um, they're materialistic and they're entitled, whiny little brats who got ribbons for everything they ever did. You know, that kind of grouchy uh, old uh, mentality about them. But I personally right. think that, you know, it, their idea about stuff not being motiv- motivated to work in jobs just for the job's sake, 
like their motivation actually being personal contentment, not money, um, I think that's actually a good thing. If if they want right. to have their uh, their food be organic and gluten free, then who says they're being picky? You know, I, I think that the negative has gotten a bad rap, but that there certainly are positives about their uh, experience. So um, that we can take forward as a lesson. Um, I'll exactly. tell you down here in Mexico, there's this whole kind of culture of nomadic young people that are in their 20s. And they're, when you hear their story, they're traveling from here down through Central America to Guatemala and down. They're just going to move from country to country over the next period of, say, 12 weeks staying here, staying there for three months, um, staying in this place for six weeks. And they're able to do it because they're digital nomads. Uh, Their jobs have Mm -hmm. them independent of a location. And so they're co-housing. They're not looking to buy a McMansion and build. They're looking to go experience places. And in exchange for being able to experience these places, they may be foregoing a certain level of material stability and or wealth. But to them, they, they just really don't care. You know, I've seen kids with a ukulele playing for pesos, and they're like super happy hippie kids. <laughs> and they're going to be in five countries by the time two months is out and have experienced and played their ukulele for plenty of people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> I think so I have another someone part. who... Go ahead. I think I have someone who also is coming on the line. I'm putting all lines live on. We're in about the last 30 minutes of the show, so all the lines are open. Anyone wants to join in? <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted to add into everything that you guys are saying. I think that our society right now, since it's changed so much, and since like uh, people like us are starting to have those conversations where it's lifting the vibration, so they can open people's minds up a little bit more. I think that naturally, um, since the vibration is changing, then our society has to change, and that's one of the reasons why people are going back to being natural and just kind of flowing with the universal laws that are natural. Um, like, oh, I want to plant my food now, and I want to eat what's growing from the earth, and I don't want any chemicals in it, or I don't want to kill animals or harm them anymore and have them for food because I think that, you know, they should be able to live free like we do um, or we like we should. Or I don't want to go to school anymore because, or go to a certain school anymore because I think that I should be homeschooled because the curricular that they're teaching me is not what I know to be true. Or, mm-hmm. and especially since it's an information age, you know, people are doing a lot of research. Some people, the people who want to know things, they are, they're able to find it. And with a lot of the, you know, starseeds or the younger generation, some, some of these people are being born, like, with certain knowledge already because their sole purpose is to come here and lift the vibration of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I do understand, um, like, I am one of the millenniums. But my mom, she's one of the, what do you call it, like Generation X? I don't know. She's in her she's in her 50s. I don't know. 
but she's real open-minded. And I think that these type of people really do open a door for other people like myself to be super open-minded. She was open-minded to me doing homeschool because, you know, maybe I wasn't, um, maybe I was one of the people who were like, oh, I don't really know if I want to go to school because the curriculum's all right. Like back then in my, and whenever I was young, I was already like, oh, I don't want to do the Pledge of Allegiance because uh, they're violating us African-Americans. Like, you know, and this is before, now this is becoming popular, but it's just those conversations just need to happen. And as a vibration raises and people start to wake up and realize, like, oh, no, things need to change and we need to match the universal laws so everything can flow good for everybody, not just some of us. Um, well, I think that. And I was going to say, I think that the younger, you're, the world is for the younger people, you know. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. It's already the baby's world. Like the babies that are being born now, it's this world that we're living in. It's not my world anymore. It's theirs, you know, mm-hmm. because I will be long gone and they will have, retain the greater possession of it at this point. You know, I've got another 40, 50 years. If I'm lucky, they got 90. So it's, it's their show. So they're, they're the new millennial energy, to me, I'm excited about it because it's already coming in, like you said, with the idea that I'm just graduating college and I'm going to go uh, work where I'm Traveling. happy. Not gonna, oh, yeah. And, um, and what I realized, too, um, I got a chance. I, I visited six countries, and I just, I've been back for three, four months now. And, um, and all of this time I've been growing up in the States, I always thought that, like, oh, America is, like, uh, it's not, like, it's not so friendly toward African-Americans and it's just terrible with us. And I thought the whole world was like that. And then, and this is the thing that we just see on TV. You just kind of think that the whole world discriminates against black people in some type of way. And then whenever I went away, I realized that there were other Europeans that are like, they're not, they're not going to deal with it. They're like, Oh, I can't believe people get treated like that in the States. Like that's ridiculous. Everybody should be treated like human being, like, you know, every, all of us should be able to live together and be happy. And so like, I really, I really learned, it really opened up my eyes and like made me realize like everybody's not like that. So this new, with these new babies being born and stuff like that, I feel like the world is eventually going to change. And so that gave me a lot of hope. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but also, That's one thing we can be guaranteed that change is coming. It does, you know, what it looks sure. like, we don't know yet, but I mean, it's change is inevitable. And so it gives me that motivation to stay positive while I'm here, um, you know. And, and also, I mean, and then uh, I like the fact that you mentioned the nomads, the people who are traveling, because it's kind of cool because um, I, it, I met so many people like that who are nomadic and they were traveling and they were just wanting to be happy. Like their main thing was happy, being happy. And they literally live off of the universe and knowing that the universe is going to provide for them. And that's really, really cool to see because they're like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to go here. I'm going to meet people. And then, like, um, and I even did that before, and I just watched my life unfold. And I feel like here in the States, I think that there's, I think there's some kind of stigma against that happening here. Like, the whole system here is all set up so that, like, whenever you do things like that, it makes it a little bit more difficult for you. 
Um, whereas in, I feel like in other countries, people, I think, and also people are just way more open to opening their door and then you don't have to worry about getting hurt or something. I had a lot of friends that were like couch surfing and they were like, oh, okay, I'm just going to travel here and I don't know what I'm going to do for work, but I'll be all right. And they are, and they are correct because the universe provided them with food. They'll meet somebody and they'll, they'll be like, oh, let's share snacks together. <laughs> like it's so right. But, but the universe really does It's a much more connected it's a much more connected and trusting energy that they have, you know, at yeah. the outset. They don't see us as different. They see it as, well, hey, this this person had meat and bread. That's all I need, you know. That's my yeah. brother and my sister. Let's break bread on the road together. So that's very <laughs> hopeful for me. One thing yeah. I will say so is. I think they can do it. Anybody can. Well, one thing that is like another key way to shift or your energy is if you step out of wherever you are. So that can be as simple as if you're in a room and you don't like it, you step out of the room and you left the energy automatically. So for some people, it could be stepping out of your town that you've been living in. Um, Maybe you haven't been anywhere. Maybe it's Maybe you never left the island of Manhattan. I'm talking to you, New Yorkers. Okay, maybe you never left the island of Manhattan. So that's your whole reality. So you're going to have a certain energy. If you step outside of whatever the quote-unquote room has been for you, I promise you, your energy will be changed. So if America has been the room that you've been living in and you've never stepped out of it, you if you can, if it's within your ability to do so, step out of it, even just for a little bit, because it will definitely shift your energy. And when you return back to wherever you were, when you return back to the States, when you return back to your hometown, when you return back to your office, you will be different in your energy, and therefore that environment will also be subtly shifted too. And the globalism, one of the things that technology has brought us is the ability to see in very real ways the world outside of our door. Even if we've never traveled to another country, we can see images from it. We can connect with people from it. We can hear news from their, their side of the world. 50, 60 years ago, that was not necessarily the case. You know, so it's a much smaller world than it truly is a small world. And now we can see the interconnectedness uh, of all of us in very, very real ways. So it's very possible for us to see Syrian refugees, you know, um, um, and feel energy in relationship to their crisis and to feel empathy and then to do something that helps to shift the energy of the tragedy that's unfolding over there. Because, A, we even know that there was a Syrian crisis going on thanks to social media and thanks to news and technology and current stuff. Uh, We know that there are, like, Navajos protesting out in the West over access over their land because of technology, whereas 20 years ago, we would not have known about that kind of situation unfolding until after the effect had already happened. So 
there's an opportunity for us to exchange energy at much greater distances than ever before. And it's only expanding. I mean, we've got people wearing Fitbits on their arm that are tracking the energy they're giving off in a very specific biometric way. It's telling them all day what they their sweat tasted like, how many calories they ate, how many times they went to the bathroom, how many steps they took. I mean, I exaggerate, but that's still a technology device that's connected to a person that is doing something scientific with energy. So if your Fitbit can glean all that from being attached to your wrist, what do you think the people who are around you experiencing your energy, what do you think that they're experiencing from you? You know, and I would challenge each of us to kind of maybe look at ourselves like little mini little devices like that, you know, and to be even more specific and amplify our positivity and our energy so that we can be even stronger, so that we're even more aware that we're having an effect out in the world. So I'm in the last half hour of the show, and I think that the conversation this evening has been very, very interesting. Um, I really appreciate everyone who has joined me on air and listening uh, this evening. I do want to share with you a few things about uh, the shows going forward. And so I'm taking uh, the caller community back off the air into mute status. But uh, going forward, I plan to have several regular segments on the show. And, uh, of course, I want to have the golden moment where we get to talk about successes and positivities on a one-to-one basis, sharing what's good in your hood and what's positive in your life. Um, I also would love to hear from people if you have a topic that you would like to host as a discussion. I'm certainly open for co-hosts. And we also have opportunities on the Vibrary Radio Network for you to possibly host your own show if you think uh, that you have something that you would like to talk about on a regular basis, definitely out of me. Let me know because there is opportunity for all of us to uh, expand our reach through this forum. And I would love for you to be on board. Um, Kalina Brown's show, A Conversation with Kalina, is going to be starting in a few weeks. Uh, I hope that you'll join us on Sunday evenings for her conversations. Uh, Kalina, I've got you back on the air at this time, and you and I have talked a little bit about some of the topics that you'll be covering. Uh, If you could describe for our listening audience the goal of your show and uh, what they can expect. I uh, may have lost Kalina. Uh, Kalina Brown is a social worker, and her uh, business, Realizing What Matters, is uh, here in the Atlanta area. And Kalina is a wonderful facilitator and a licensed practical social worker. I may be incorrect, and Kalina, if you come on, you can certainly correct me. But um, 
One of the events that inspired me to think about her for a radio show was a series of lectures that she hosted at uh, Harris Mon Speak Natural Hair Design in Atlanta, Georgia, or East Point, Georgia. Um, they have a series over there called Sundays at Speak. And, Can you hear me now? Uh, Kalina. Oh, Kalina, there you are. I had the wrong line click. Uh, I, I was well, explaining ahead, you're doing last a year job. at our Sundays at Speak, we had a session in February that was about um, loving yourself, and it was during the month of Valentine's Day, and we had like a three-week uh, discussion series on self-love and what that looks like. And then just a few weeks ago, uh, Kalina facilitated a workshop at the salon on the topic, shame, blame, guilt, and judgment, and how to move away from those things and stand in your truth. And I think it was so well attended, I hate that I could be there, but I know there were 30 or 40 people in attendance, and there was much clamoring for more. And so I, of course, thought about uh, your voice and the things and the tools that you talk about and teach about. And I think that this radio show will be an awesome opportunity for you to have a conversation with us about that. Oh, definitely. As I was saying before we uh, realized I was still muted, was that my desire is to be a positive voice in demystifying mental illness. Uh, The shame, blame, guilt, and judgment topic is one that is near and dear to my heart. I believe from my clinical understanding and all of my personal information that I've acquired over these years that that is part and partial of what keeps us stuck. One of the four or a combination of the four uh, is the root of most of what stagnates us in our lives much more so even than some of the things you were talking about tonight, is, you know, why? Why is this a fact in someone's life? And so I like my space and time to be utilized to help us find the deeper roots. And once you find the roots, you can dig those roots up, and then you can begin to do the replanting. Uh-huh. Do a little of that uh, digging in the dirt work so that you can thrive, huh? Yes. Well, I know that uh, I I think that we did settle on, what, an hour or two for your show and uh, Sunday evening? Yes, Sunday at 6, and um, we're going to start out with the hour and see where it goes from there. If need be, we can increase it as we go along. I would love for that to be the case because I believe that as the conversation grows and people become aware that with all of the programming that you have scheduled, people would understand its value and then they would be present. Well, I am very excited about being in the production booth for you during your show, and hopefully we'll have everything smooth and ready to roll for you. I, I will tell you that on uh, our YouTube channel for the library, 
all of the episodes that we broadcast here on the radio network will be available on the channel within a few days after broadcast. And uh, you will find there other material by people who I encounter in YouTube. It's kind of going to be like a little library or library collection of material that I think is uplifting and informative and educational. So, of course, uh, with our uh, shows here and then uh, some of the things like Kalina's previous lectures and other teachers and facilitators, those materials uh, we'll be going up as we gain permission from the authors to uh, publish those. And so you can search on YouTube for The Vibes Brary. That's V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. And it's all about vibes, good vibes and good vibrations. So uh, yeah, we're excited about the YouTube channel to come along with this. And, of course, there is a website in the works. And uh, as I said before, this is all a learning thing. I am growing and acquiring new skills, and I'm excited about what the future holds. Um, I think that one of the shows that you'll be very interested to hear about, uh, also debuting a few weeks after Kalina's rolls out, we are going to be featuring a Psychic insight program. Now, this is going to be so exciting. Uh, we have lined up for you a weekly show where we are going to feature a psychic or intuitive reader. And these are people who are like really bringing very unique gifts to the world. And I want to explore this with you, and we are going to speak with them about their story of how they've come into doing what it is that they're doing. And then we are going to be taking callers and allowing uh, the reader to interact with the caller and to do many readings over the air. Uh, so if this sounds like something that you're interested in, if you've never encountered psychic phenomena or if you've always been curious about it or if you're a person who is actually uh, familiar with or is a psychic or intuitive reader yourself, please definitely email me or let me know and we will keep you posted as to when the Psychic Insight show is going to start. And a lot of my inspiration for that show is because of my own firsthand experiences. If you've ever seen the show Long Island Medium with uh, Teresa Caputo where she comes up around people and starts to communicate with them about their loved ones, I've had experiences like that myself. It was quite eye-opening and it really helped change uh, and send my life on a new trajectory. So I'm really excited to bring forth some programming uh, because I know some really awesome people that are living the most amazing stories, and I think we'll get to encounter some of that supernatural uh, during the Psychic Insight Show. Um, we're in our last 15 minutes of the broadcast at this point, and I think that it's been a very interesting conversation so far. Everyone who's on the uh, phone is currently live, so if you have anything you'd like to say, 
before we wind up or any thoughts that uh, you'll take away from this afternoon's evening show, I'd love to hear them. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's still awake? <laughs> but, uh, yes, I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I really thank you all for hanging with me for the full time this evening. You're welcome. It's been very, very informative, and I look forward to all the future broadcasts. Well, thank you, Kalina. And uh, Gwen, are you still with me? No, Gwen text. She's gone. Okay, well, 8004. Is that Aaron? I get yeah, the name. I'm still here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for yes, having me for the whole show. No, I have enjoyed I hope that you'll come back again because I would love oh, to sure. have you talk about crystals and other things that you might have. Uh, you know, the term you mentioned the term star seeds and light workers, and that might be kind of new <laughs> to some of the audience. So I think that'll be a future discussion. So we can definitely talk about that uh, that energy uh, because I definitely oh, yeah. resonated with you when you said that. <laughs> Ah, oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I'm going to wind up the show for the evening, and I just thank everyone for listening, and I'll be back again next week, and I'll stay tuned for the announcements because I'll be posting the new show and who the special guests will be for the conversation next week, and I look forward to our future discussions, and I'm just so thankful and grateful for your support of me this evening. And this has been The Vibrarian. Uh, This was your first contact, and I thank you, and I look forward to our next conversation. Elevate.